Hi, this is Pastor Furman with Lubbock Unified Church. Uh, you are listening to Messages on the Go. We pray that this message will bless you today and that you will receive a word from God that will help you in your life. If you ever want to visit us in person, feel free to stop by any Sunday, 2707 34th Street. Services are Sundays at 10.30 a.m. Or you can join us for a Wednesday night refuel service with some prayer, some worship, and a word every Wednesday at 6.30, same location. We would love to have you. Now, let's jump into this week's message. You know, it's, it's always powerful to hear how you've impacted somebody's life, how somebody appreciates you, somebody recognizes you. And I think, you know, our impact is something that sometimes we easily forget because it's often something we don't always hear. We all want to be noticed, we want to be affirmed, we want to be appreciated and recognized. Just because somebody doesn't voice it to you, somebody doesn't share it, somebody doesn't give you a gift, it doesn't mean that you don't have impact, that you don't have influence, whether you're a father or not. We all have this sphere of influence, which just means that we have a group of people that we come in contact with normally that are looking towards us, that we're impacting their life, we're influencing who they are, what they become whether we realize it or not. But I don't want you just to take my word for this. I want us to read the word, God's word, and hear how we have influence, how we have impact, and also how we can use it to better ourselves and better the people around us. So before we move forward, man, I want to pray, because when you pray, you're including God in the middle of everything. You're saying, God, I know that I need you to be a part of this. God, I can't do this without you. God, would you guide me? So that's the beauty about prayer. Prayer is including God in the middle of everything. So let's pray to him right now. Father, I could pray and pray and pray and still feel like I don't spend enough time praying and talking with you. And so, Lord, just as we come before you this morning, we do pray for a word. That the things that you have for us will be something that will pierce our hearts. It will be something that we reflect on during the week. It will be something that encourages us. It'll be something to help us become better people. So, Father, just as we read your word as we come and to hear what you have for us this morning, Lord, help us change. Maybe not in the way that we seek, but in a way that reflects you. So, Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for the people that you put in our life that have made an impact and influence. And help us be those people that live a life of impact and influence. Father, we love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to be reading out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And this is a letter that is written by the Apostle Paul. If you know anything about Paul, he was regarded as one of the most influential people of our time, especially being a Christian. But it wasn't always that way that he had good things attached to his name. Before God had changed his name to Paul, he was Saul. He was known as the persecutor of believers. That means everywhere he went, he was like, man, is that a follower of Jesus? Man, we need to lock them up. We need to throw them away. He was known that with every breath that he had, he was uttering threats. And he was making sure people were being killed because of the gospel, because of Jesus. So he had a reputation and an impact and an influence that wasn't always positive. And I think that's something a lot of us can relate to. But then one day, as he was traveling and he was doing that, he was going to persecute more Christians, more believers. He had an encounter with God. 
He was on his way to Damascus and God stopped him and blinded him and messed him up. God ended up sending another believer named Ananias to go and heal him, help him regain his sight. But that day, Paul gained more than just his sight back. He gained a new heart. His name had been changed forever from Saul to Paul. And Paul got baptized that day and he began to preach the word of God. He began to spend time with other believers. He began to change and live a life that was so different than the one he lived before. And I'll share all this because we have influence in our life. And sometimes it can look like Saul or we're persecuting people. Or sometimes it can look like Paul or we're changing somebody's life. Because Paul was influential. We read most of the New Testament is letters that he wrote to different churches, churches that a lot of times he established. He's credited with starting over 12 churches. He's credited with traveling and being a missionary in the Roman Empire and going to all these places and leading believers, leading non-believers to Jesus. Leading people that didn't have a Jewish background, they didn't have a relationship with the culture, an idea of anything, and leading them to Jesus. He had influence. And we're going to read one of his letters and we're going to gain some knowledge from it today. And I want us to start at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, starting at verse 1 and read what he says. Verse 1 says, and you should imitate me just as I imitate Christ. Now when you read that, that can sound kind of arrogant. Huh? He's like, man, you need to follow me. But, but if you know anything about Paul, that's the least thing that he is. He's a person that's the first one to say, hey, I got problems too. Hey, I'm a sinner. Hey, I'm not perfect by any means. I'm a work in progress. But Paul knew that these Corinthians didn't know much about a life and a ministry of Jesus. They didn't get to walk with Jesus and see him perform miracles. They didn't get to go to the synagogues and temples and hear him teach. So for them, it was all brand new. And Paul knew that they needed an example so they could be better. Because they didn't know anything about that life. And it leads us to the takeaway I want you to receive this morning. I want us to start by receiving this. One of the best ways to learn something is to be taught by somebody that knows. Makes sense, right? Like, oh, okay, I should go and learn from somebody that already knows. But if you ever try to learn from somebody they don't know a clue about what they're doing, it's frustrating, right? It feel like you're wasting your time, like it's pointless. You remain where you started. And instead of growing in knowledge, usually we grow in frustration. That's why anytime you start a new job, what do they do? They train you with somebody that has experience, right? They train you with probably one of the best team members or leaders, somebody that they trust because they know that you're going to learn better if you're being taught by somebody that understands, somebody that knows the position. And it made me think of one of the most famous quotes that I've heard a lot in my life. If you want to be a millionaire, you need to hang out with other millionaires. And all that's really saying is saying, hey, if you want to learn something specific, you need to find people that know about it. You need to start walking with them. You need to start growing and learning from them. And that's what we need to learn in church. It's important as believers that we find other believers that we can trust, that we can do life with, that are seasoned in their faith. Meaning they've been doing this for some time, okay? They got some experience. They've been through some battles. They've been through some hills and some valleys. Because if you're walking with another new believer, both of y'all are clueless, right? 
They're still all trying to figure this out. And Paul was saying, look, I want you to imitate me, not saying I got it together, but as an example until you get to a maturity, until you get to an understanding of what Jesus is like, of who he is, before you build a, a growing relationship with him, look towards me. And then eventually, man, you're going to be like Jesus and you're going to continue to grow with him. So that's what we see. He's saying, hey, man, find somebody that really supports you and loves you. That isn't new themselves. Because let's be real, church. There are people that say they love us and support us, right? But when it comes time to love us and support us, what do they do? They're some of our biggest doubters. They're some of our <coughs> biggest persecutors. They're some of the biggest ones that are judgmental. Really? You're going to go and do that? And a lot of times, they're in our circle of friends. They're in our families. They're some of the most influential people that we look up to. We're expecting for their support. And they do the opposite. Well... When we're running with that, what's going to happen? We're going to be discouraged real easy. We're going to say, man, I don't know about this God thing, this Jesus thing. Now, my family that I love and I trust and I respect, they're telling me this. My friend that I've known since I was knee high, he's telling me this. And I don't know what to do with all this because this is all new to me. Paul said, man, imitate me. Look to a seasoned believer so you can grow in your relationship and you can grow like Jesus. We got to find some people that we can trust, some people that are going to help us grow like Jesus. So the best way to grow in learning is to be taught by somebody that knows. Let's continue to read 1 Corinthians. Let's go to verse 2. And then Paul says, I'm so glad that you always keep me in your thoughts and that you are following the teachings I passed on to you. So Paul's expressing his appreciation for how they've been thinking about him. But the only way for him to know that they've been on his mind is if they're doing it through their actions, right? They have to be intentional of showing it to him, of telling them that they're appreciative, of telling them, man, he's making an impact, of actually applying the things that he's teaching to them. See, one of the best ways to identify a person's growth is to look at their actions. And we see this with Jesus. One day people are asking Jesus and Jesus tells us this. And I want to read it. Matthew 7 verse 20. These are Jesus' words right here. He said, yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. He said because of the fruit, because of how they were being intentional, Paul knew that they were thoughtful of him. Paul knew that they were using the things that he taught and actually living it out. And just like Paul, people can always see your fruit. They can always tell the difference between good and bad. They can identify when what you're doing is coming from a place that's sincere or a place that's selfish. They can see when you've been paying attention, you've been actually listening, and you're not just ignoring what is being spoken to you. They can tell the difference between just coming and checking a box, going through the motions, or actually reflecting and living like Jesus. And the same is true for us, church. People are going to look at our fruit, and it's going to tell a lot about our choices and about our actions. And this is what I want you to take away this morning. I want you to receive this. You decide the fruit that others receive. You decide it. It's up to you. It falls on us what we do with what we've been taught. You can have the greatest teachers in the world. You can have all the resources. But at the end of the day, it's on you. 
of what's going to come from it, of what's going to happen because of it. And we see when we're applying it, when we're living it, it's going to be seen. But the same is true when we're not doing it. When we're coming to church, but we're not living by the word of God. When we come to Bible study, we come to all these classes and we hear about all this stuff, but we're not actually trying to apply it to our life. It's going to be seen. Whether you choose to make it seen or not, people are going to know the difference. Because it's going to come up in your life. It reminds me of that quote. You've probably heard it. That saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink it. We're that horse. <laughs> We're the people that get led to that water. But it's up to us and what we do. And God is willing to do a radical work such in your way that people can't even recognize you before. The other day, a sister told me this. She said, Pastor, I couldn't, I couldn't even imagine you being any different than what you are now. And I'm like, that. praise the Lord. Because there are some people that can't imagine me being this. But that's the beauty of God. And that's the beauty of us. God will equip us with everything, but it's up to us to decide what we do. And I want to read this just to prove this to you. I want to read out of 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 says this, By His divine power, by God's power, God has given us, you see what that says? Everything we need for living a godly life. Many of us think we can never live a godly life, but He says He gives us everything we need. It continues to say, We have received all of this by coming, you see what that says? To know Him. And the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. So God's saying, look, man, I give you everything that you need to reflect me in this life. To live a life that's holy. To live a life that's pure. To live a life that you are transformed and changed forever. But it's up to you to decide what you're going to do with it. It all comes down to us not just perceiving what's being taught, but actually applying it. Actually living it. Actually making it fruitful in our lives. It's up to you, church. I can have the best resources, the best classes. I can get all the things that God has for you to be successful. But it's up to you what you're going to choose to do. And that's a frustrating thing. Because a lot of us, what? We just want it to be done. We wish that God would just snap his finger and wave a wand. Do something where internally it fixes us and we're over it. But that's the thing. You have to put some skin in the game. It's up to you what you're going to do. you got to do some work, too. God is faithful to do what is needed. And all he's asking you is to join in. Be a part of it. And gradually over time, all those things that you thought you would never overcome become things that you can't stop sharing about how you overcame it. It's possible, church. Let's read what Paul continues to say. Let's go to verse 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Then he goes, but there's one thing I want you to know. The head of every man is Christ, and the head of woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. Now, you've probably heard that in some different shape or form, right? You know, husband and man is supposed to be the head of the household. Okay, I hear you. That is biblically accurate. But something that's even more powerful than just that statement is this takeaway. I want you to receive this. God's blessings, they flow from God's order. God's blessing, 
Paul introduces to a concept called headship. And if you think about your body, right? Your head was a dude. It makes all your decisions, right? It's what you use to think, to see. You're telling the rest of your body what is supposed to happen. It's providing guidance and leadership to our body. In the same way, God provides headship as a relationship for leadership roles and the government authority. So this means that who's ever on top of the head isn't inferior to the rest that's below it. And that just means that, hey, just because I'm, in, I'm the leader, just because I'm in charge, it doesn't make me better than anybody else. It doesn't mean that because you fall under me that you are at a lower status. Our intention in this order is to build people up, is to raise them up. And when we follow God's order, his blessings are going to flow from that from the top on down. It's part of his natural design. A lot of times we're doing things opposite of his order and we're wondering why things are falling and so chaotic while we're not receiving the blessings of God. Well, you got to do the life of God. You got to do things in his order, in his structure to reap from it. And that's the thing about headship. It provides a covering which people can live under. They can flourish. They can function in a role that they're made for. We understand the order and structure of God, man, we can reap the blessing that flows from the top. And Paul said, the head of Jesus is God. And when you read God's word, what you come to discover is that Jesus is God himself. That Jesus is equal to God, but Jesus is God in the flesh. But what you also hear it come out of Jesus' mouth, and he says, hey man, I come and I do my Father's will. I don't do my own so even though he is equal to God, he says, I fall under God. I'm submissive to his ideas, to his ways, to what he wants. He has a different function and role when it comes to the order of God. So when Paul's talking about men is the head of women, that's what he's saying. He isn't saying, man, that men are better than women, that they don't have the same importance, that they're not equal, that one's superior than the other. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, man, just like a father and a son can be equal but have different functions, so does a husband and a wife in a home. And so you might be thinking, well, what about people that don't have a spouse? They don't have a husband. They don't have a wife. What does that look like? So break it all down. It comes real simple to this. Above all of us, no matter what household we're in, Jesus is ahead of us. And sometimes in those households, there might be somebody else ahead of us that we need to be submissive to. That we need to follow their leadership, their guidance. But it all needs to reflect Jesus. Because Jesus is reflecting God. And at the end of the day, we're supposed to do everything that pleases God. Not ourselves. And so even if there is somebody ahead of you that is supposed to be leading you. But if they're leading you to a place that is opposite of God. God is saying, hey, you need to cut that off. Don't follow that. Do what I'm telling you. Because I trump everything. God, Jesus, then everybody else. So that means as a husband, as a father, if I lead my family in a place that is not meant by God, my family needs to break that off of me and say, you know what, Dad, I love you, but I'm not going to listen to you respectfully because that isn't of God. And God calls us all to do what pleases Him. Not ourselves, not anybody else. That's what headship is. When we function in the headship of God, the covering of God, we reap the blessings from the top on down. 
And that's afforded to everybody. Because when we read, he's going to give us everything that we need. We're going to be able to live a godly life. We're going to be able to have fruit that blesses everybody else. But it comes from following his order and structure. That's why headship is so important. That's why us submitting to God is so important. Because you learn to do things in a way that reflects Jesus. That reflects a way that is pleasing to him. So this is my challenge for all of us. It's very simple. Very hard. Be fruitful. Be fruitful. Wherever you are, start to understand what your role is in your household. For some of us, that means there might be a dad in our house. Sometimes there might be a mom in our house. Sometimes we might be single by ourselves. But at the end of the day, we need to do everything in our power to live in a life that Jesus is the head, that God is the head, and that pleasing to him. Because at the end of the day, we're going to be fruitful one way or another. And it's either going to look like Saul or it's going to look like Paul. We're either going to see people get blessed by the fruit that we bury, or we're going to see people get destroyed by it. And it all comes down to what you choose, to what we decide. So that's the challenge, church. Let's be fruitful. Well, let's be people that bless our communities, that bless our homes, that change this world because God is changing us. Because we are doing what is pleasing to Him. Let's be fruitful. Let me pray. Father, I just thank you that no matter where we find ourselves in the order and structure of you, that we also have your blessing to do things in a way that honors you. So, Father, would you just help us be fruitful? We thank you that we could start off like Saul, but end a life living like Paul. So, would you help us to have the eyesight, the discernment, the wisdom to see the difference between it? To see when we're doing things out of selfish desire, when we're doing things because we're following bad examples, when we're doing things that is not of you, Lord, would you reveal it to us? So that way we don't miss out on what you have for us. Because you said you would give us everything that we need to live a life that reflects you, to live a life that bears good fruit. Father, we want to be fruitful people because we have brothers and sisters that are hurting. We have communities that need you. And Lord, we're not going to help reach them if we're bearing bad fruit. So would you help us be fruitful? Would you help us follow in your order, your structure? Would you help us reflect Jesus? Would you help us do what pleases you more than anything else? So even on this Father's Day, Lord, I pray that we would take it, man, as a challenge. Not only as a father, but just as, uh, man, a child of God. To be fruitful. Father, we just love you and we thank you for always loving us, for never giving up on us. For using all our mistakes and all our struggles and trials and even our trauma, Lord, to be a blessing to ourselves and so many others. Help us reflect you, Lord. Father, we love you. We lift us all up in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening today. Uh, follow us online at Lubbock Unified on all platforms. And as always, if there's any way that we could help you, please get in contact with us. Other than that, join us next week as we continue to find ways to cross over. God bless.